My name is Ailey and today is the 26th of January and um, this interview is taking place via Zoom. Um, so get, just to get started, um, I'd like to know a little bit about you and your background. Um, could you tell me your name and for a record the year that you were born as well, please? So hello, my name is Saima and I, my date of birth is 1976 and my background is a been working in the community setting for over, well, I would say 20 years now, um, but actively worked um, at the Glasgow Women's Library as a development worker for just over 10 years now. And whereabouts did you grow up? I grew up in Glasgow, uh, so I was born here and I was raised here in the south side um, in Paulette Shields and yeah, it's, it's a lovely area. It's very multicultural. It's fairly near the city centre. There's a lot of character in uh, uh, within the area. Lots of greenery. Um, so my mum's um, my mum's house is still there. They still live there. So I'm more or less back and forth. Um, I still consider that as home, and I feel at peace there. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's been good. You must know the community around Pollock Shields pretty well then, if you've lived there for. You know. Yeah, it's yeah really well now. So we've also got like now with the social media, you've got like you know Facebook page on like you know Pollock Shields. I love Pollock Shields, for example. We can keep in touch with everyone in the community and just really looking at how we can make things better um, locally and just keep connected. Um, but yeah, as, as I said, it's very multicultural, which I like. Um, and I was going to my school is also multicultural, so it just it was great just to get. Um, um, connected to different um, people from, you know, all walks of life, different backgrounds, uh, different races. So that I think that was something that I really loved about the area. So you you said that you've been doing development work for I mean twenty years now, which is a really long time to be within that kind of um, part of the sector. How did you come to be involved in the women's library? Yeah, so I had previously, um, like I said, I was working in the community setting and I felt, I mean, I graduated from university and I did like maths and IT, but my heart was always in, in doing community work. Um, so I, I ended up sort of going for jobs within the sort of third sector and I thought it would be great to utilise um, my studies wherever I can, but never did. So maths never kind of creeped up, apart from when I'm doing funding applications or just working with, I don't know, numbers, as you can see. Um, but uh, the development work, it was really just looking at the local community and seeing what, or just Glasgow community, and seeing what's um, happening in, 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 in the different, um, in, within the, the groups. So my project sort of focused in the Women's Library was um, working with Black and Minority Ethnic Women, and the learning that we were doing at the library, um, we, we wanted to sort of target that to the, hard to reach groups and BME groups to make it re relevant and accessible to them. So um, that's where it kind of all started. And for me, it was just to get to know, you know, sort of, sort of well kind of connected within the south, um, south side communities, uh, but it was just sort of getting to know Glasgow uh, as a whole, but, but even Scotland, because the Women's Library is a, um, it's a, 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 a Scotland-wide project. Um, we kind of operate all over Scotland. Um, so for me, it was just to find out what, you know, groups are already existing um, what kind of things they are doing and and what kind of things they would like to learn. Um, but also introducing the Women's Library um, kind of ethos and our objectives um, and introducing that to the group um, as well. Um, so a lot of it became like, you know, once I've sort of interviewed some of the on focus group with you know, uh, initiating focus groups with, the, uh, with these various community groups. It was um, a matter of identifying what needs there are and then developing projects around that um, and then finding funding and then working with creatives to then um, run those projects. That's just the kind of crux of the, <laughs> the, the work yeah. I do. I know, it sounds great. I'd love to know a little bit more. You mentioned there, like, the ethos of the Women's Library. Can you tell me, like... A bit about that. Yeah, so at the library, we're very keen. We've got obviously the library's kind of split into two kind of components. We've got the the, the books that archive and the history, you know, the, the archive material in our collection, and then we've got also then we've got this um, uh, the lifelong learning program and events. 
Um, so it's really sort of um, engaging um, the people with the, the, our collection, um, but also sort of promoting um, creative writing and um, all sorts of things, you know, that we, that, you know, that we feel every year or every couple of years, we've got this um, strategy that we come together to see what we want to focus on. Um, so some of the, one of the ethos is, for example, we want to promote uh, women's history and celebrate their contributions. So the, with, with the women's contribution to society, we're very keen to um, interview different women from different backgrounds, you know, whether they're artists, whether they're, you know, migrant women, uh, whether, you know, from different walks of life and different uh, academias and um, and we just wanted to um, collate uh, the histories and then get it out back out to the um, get it back out to the community to, to the wider community about how women have contributed um, to society to Glasgow to Scotland um, so a lot of projects fell into that old history projects we did reminiscence projects you know and um, also things like Story Cafe that we have at the library. Um, we, some of the, the books that we um, focus on is biographies. Um, so it's looking at the suffragette movement and who some of the suffragettes were and how they contributed to um, Scotland and the votes. Just so, so we're just, so, yeah, so it was just looking at different aspects of women's history and getting it out um, and working with those um, materials to, to celebrate women's lives essentially. Um, and the other things that are for us is to empower women to have um, their voice heard. Um, so we, there's lots of things that we sort of touch on uh, a lot of the equality work when it comes to women's equality. Um, so if it's a project around like, for example, looking at museums and galleries and um, we're the Glasgow Museum, but also looking at the wider sort of um, um, museum setting where women's history Women's, you know, books. Where does that sit within those um, um, different um, um, different settings? And we were also looking at, for example, a, a, you know, social issues. Then it sort of goes into like you know, social issues. And for us, it's to look at what's impacting women. What's you know, when it, whether it's education, whether it's uh, it could be violence against women work, um, young young women. Um, migrant women accessing services. So whatever it might be, um, we'll try and focus our learning around that and develop projects um, for the year um, for women to engage in. So it sounds like a, a really good mix of your kind of cultural, historical kind of research side of things and sort of maintain the archive and then the, the more development outreach, which is tailored to to the community around you and, and the, the women that, that needs the, the support. Yeah. What about um, mental health? Like when does that come into play or has it? And, and maybe think back to like when you first started, um, was mental health a focus then? So mental health has always been there in the background. And then some projects have been like quite, you know, actively sort of focused on mental health, for example. But a lot of the work we're doing already um, has got this sort of mental health thing, sort of promoting positive mental health for the women that we work with. Um, so, for you know, I can give you some examples. Um, but early on, for example, um, one of my first projects was looking at oral history um, um, and collecting stories of migrant women that settled in Pollock Shales. It just so happened to be where I lived, which is great. So yeah, so I think with that project, it was, um, you know, we really wanted sort of women to come on board. A lot of them are hesitant at first to tell their story, for example. They didn't want their story to be misrepresented or um, misinterpreted. Um, um, so, but they're fine to come, you know, they're fine for me to come and have a chat with them, for example, you know, they, they loved all that, but they weren't too sure like how their story was going to be you know, like I said, um, represented to the wider community. Um, so it took a bit of time, you know, and, you know, we kind of had to run the project where it wasn't just like a normal kind of oral history. Like when I was researching oral history, when I was sort of looking at, into that work, it wasn't a case of just going or one or two meetings. It kind of took several meetings to um, gain that trust um, and for women to come forward. And so it took a bit longer than we anticipated, but the process that really helped women, women for the first time 
felt that they were able to speak about um, their life in this way. I didn't get the opportunity to, to, to do so before, which is great. Um, and also we would sort of involve them in the, the process when we're transcribing their work. Um, so when they sort of read back while we were sort of sharing their, I found it's very therapeutic for many of them also, they kind of felt, and, and again, at that stage, they were, weren't sure, again, they, it wasn't, wasn't till the end when we had the launch, when the book, all the stories came together into a book, um, and they were invited to the launch and they invited their family and friends that they kind of, finally, they kind of, they got it, but it was like a real moving experience for them to have their story in a book with their lovely images. And, and, and for the first time for many, they felt celebrated, they were heard. So that, that, that was that project. So all sort of their, it was promoting their like mental health and positivity and empowering them, which was great. And that was a project that I did early on, but, and from that, it kind of went on to many other projects. So we went on to sort of um, reminiscence work with um, elderly women, it went on to, um, you know, which involved object handling. So the whole process, a lot of the workshops, we always have this doing aspect. It's not like you go in and you're just talking. It's we're, we're doing something, we're making something, we're using our hands, and then the talking starts, you know. And as long as the idea is to provide a safe space uh, for the women um, to be able to, uh, to to learn and to open up so it's non-judgmental it's safe and open and um, it also um, allows the women in time to talk about complicated issues if they wish so usually um, in the sessions in time when we reach usually the kind of workshops run between four to six sessions sometimes eight depending on the project but we feel that midway women are opened up a lot more um, and they're expressing their feelings um, which is great. Um, and some of the topics that we've got as well, um, for example, one of the projects we did, and it is a sensitive project, which was um, looking at um, domestic abuse in the local community. So the women came forward. We didn't want to, we didn't want to talk about their stories. It wasn't as such that you know, we come together, let's chat about what's happened with you. It was more like what we've heard in the community, what's what's happening, what's going on. And in the mix, there were women that were victims, but we didn't sort of, you know, we didn't talk about that. It's just whenever they felt you know that they were able to open up that that was fine that safe space was there um, and what we did was worked with three artists and we were basically collating the stories and making it into like you know putting together a script so the women learned script uh, script writing type techniques um storyboarding and um worked with artists to make props um for for the play and uh, so that was great. It was a great process. And in the end, um, we performed the play. So some of the women then, or a lot of them, in fact, they all got involved in the um, in performing. Um, and we, we had to think about lots of things like, you know, it was the first time women being on stage. Again, we kind of taught them sort of introduction to kind of stage work. And um, we didn't want them to get bogged down with the lines. So we basically, we recorded um, the story. Basically, it was like the narrative. And again, we've got actors to do that, or some of the women came forward to do that. And then all they had to do was just come and um, do the movements on the stage, and that worked uh, with the with the um, with the dialogue going on behind. Um, that worked out really well, and I think women felt that again for many of them that was the first time being on stage, um, and we were able to get these powerful stories out for them. They were able to get a story that was really meaningful them meaningful to them out to the wider community, and so it was a great process. Um, so that's another example of. Um, working on a project with the sort of local women and sensitive projects and sensitive subjects. It's amazing how just doing some, you know, just doing a, a task opens up people's kind of emotions. Yes, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing. So it, it kind of, for me, it, it happens in more or less every every workshop I'm doing, every group I'm working with. Um, it's that idea of promoting positive mental health in, um, within the work we do which is which is great and I guess peer support was probably really important amongst the, the groups that you're working with did you see like relationships between the women like start to develop and grow as well yes definitely some of the groups they already sort of knew each other and um, but having worked with each other in this way it kind of opened up sort of more avenues for them to get to know them better and which is great. Others were, and, and yet, yeah, like you said, it was that support mechanism. So those that felt less confident when doing something, the others were able to sort of, you know, 
step in, which is great. Um, other times, some groups that didn't know one another and just came for a one-off for, for workshops, it was great that the, the women were from different walks of life and different backgrounds. And again, and, and there's many women with language barriers, like we worked at the library with um, ASOL women, but, um, women learning English and second language. So sometimes it's like, you know, for a, mix of, a mixed group, which is great. But again, because we're doing a doing, we're doing, you know, we're making something, it often starts with, you know, we're, you know, making, you know, simple instructions and then the conversations follow. But even those with the language barriers, you can see them, them trying to, you know, you know, they, they want to practice their English, for example, you know, so it's a great opportunity for them to do that. But the others in the group, they're supporting them and they're learning about one another. They're like, oh, right, you know, where are you from? And you're from Iran and you're from, yeah, you know, and, you know, they're chatting away and there's lots of, you know, little nuggets of beautiful, like, little stories that are being expressed and lots of similarities and, you know, traditions. Lots of things are being um, discussed and it's really nice. Um, and I think it... it it's been um, for those kind of projects that I do is great integration work, the opportunity for women to integrate in this way. Um, but yeah, definitely the bonds and the connections made is yeah, yeah, it's 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 a really great feeling for everyone and for me to see that as well as a facilitator. Yeah, it's difficult to recreate that, isn't it? You know, you've just got to get the the environment right and, yeah. and create the space and, and bring people together. How do you manage the the language barriers? Yeah, so I keep it, I know, so I mean, if, like I can speak in, in Punjabi, Hindi, and Urdu, so if I've got that, uh, if we've got women there, and if I'm working with South Asian women's groups, then usually I'm okay. Um, if it's just like a one-off project, you know, where it's just a couple of workshops, one or two workshops, again, we, you know, a lot of the ta things that we're doing in the workshop, it's more like I say, it's, we're, we're doing making something, less talking and more making and some of the conversations follow. If I'm, and, and we keep it as simple as possible, you know, so, um, and we help each other uh, out. So even some of the activities we start off with, for example, you know, what, what is your name and what does it mean, for example, um, and the women, you know, or, or because they're able to write it in different languages, so there could be a daddy in the group and somebody um, from um, China, for example, you know, she was, oh, well, she'll write um, Debbie in Mandarin, for example, you know, and it's like that quote that, you know, and they're like, all oh, right, so it's like a fascinating thing for them to, and what does it mean? So a lot of the times we're Googling, right, actually, some of the names are, have got similar meanings or it, origins are, you know, didn't realise origins were, you know, similar in terms of where the name came from. So we'll do those kind of things, um, those kind of activities that can um, have some commonality um, and get that connection going. If there is a project, for example, that we're doing some, you know, focused works for example so I was working with um, a group of Chinese women over six weeks and it was about their stories and their histories and all the rest and that so I can't speak Mandarin I can't speak Cantonese so in those occasions we'll recruit sessional staff um, to, to do that or volunteers and we've got a huge volunteer um, a base at the library which is great so and we've got a volunteer coordinator so if I'm working on a project and I need volunteers with specific um, skills and languages, I would sort of call on the volunteer coordinator, and we can connect it that way. And other ways, you know, if we can get, if there's a budget there to people, social staff will do that as well. Well, it's great you have a bank of people you can sort of <laughs> rely on to support the the work. I know. I mean, a lot of the ESOL women or those that come in for adult learning, uh, literacy, numeracy, a lot of those women then go to volunteer and they're coming through, they've got the language, you know, they're coming from all walks of life. So that's a nice thing. So I, I think within our pool of volunteers, we do have a, a good mix. And we've got lots of students that come in to do um, internships and um, um, placements. And again, we actively recruit, you know, um, volunteers from different backgrounds. We sort of promote like sort of BME volunteers coming through um, to work with us as well. So that kind of, that helps as well. It seems like, you know, you're saying that um, like positive mental health and well-being is definitely something that's like embedded in the work that you're doing. And it's sort of it's it, never really explicit, but it's always it's always kind, there, yeah. kind of there um, huh. with the, the, the sort of different communities that you work with. How how have you noticed mental health being viewed more broadly? Well, with some of the communities, you know, mental health, you know, it's a widespreading subject you know uh, for some communities there's a stigma attached to uh, mental health um, and 
and it's about just raising that awareness that you know everybody's affected by mental health you know and it depends on what's happening it could be just the weather that can affect your mental health for example and um, so I think people we just have to have that kind of raise that awareness of what mental health is and the fact that you know people are in different um, stages in their life you know we, we all go through trials and tribulations we'll have good times bad times and and in, in, in every aspect of life it's fine for 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 a person to feel out of depth and and and, and it affecting their mental health and there's ways to seek support and that's fine too so I think um I think for particular community uh, communities that is you know, there is this whole issue around it um, and uh, you know, we've worked over the years, like we've, we have worked with um, within the Scottish Mental Health Film Festival, we've worked with GAMH, for example, and others, where we've worked with um, targeted sort of groups to kind of promote um, awareness about mental health within those communities. Um, and yeah, that's happened um, several times and since I've been in my work. Um, but I think, yeah, with mental health, it is. You know, some people feel like you know, if if somebody was to label you as so you've got you've got mental health, that means that you know you're yeah, that's it's, it's, it's a very negative connotation to you, you know, and they don't want to be viewed that way, you know. So it, you know, within and then within within some communities, for example, it could be different form, like different levels of mental health. So it could be like parents dealing with children who have got you know that 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 are dealing with autism and other types of disabilities, you know, and the sort of mental health is there in the mix as well. It, it kind of gets clouded and it's a greedy and I think they just think they'd rather stay away from it, you know. Um, but if they're talking about, you know, it, I think it's also terminology, you know, if it's mental health, it's just that word like mental, they think, oh, no, that means that you're crazy, you know. So it, it's to kind of, um, yeah, the myths around the term and, you know, the yeah, mental health, we just, yeah, it's working with the groups just to kind of open their thoughts and um, and again, uh, have a, a space for them to can explore what that is for them. And uh, so, I guess offering that space, that forum for for discussion, is really important, and yeah. allowing those conversations to happen. Exactly. You mentioned you mentioned um, stigma um, there and the stigma that's attached. I'd be interested to know, like your thoughts, like around stigma um, and, and mental health, if you have any. Yeah, I think well, a lot of this. Um, I worked with a lot of the South Asian communities when it came to like um, the 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 stigma attached to you know the, the mental health within those communities, and I think um, that's where it, that's where um, I sort of actually worked work, work, worked with the groups. So I think it's going back to the that like how how they're going to be viewed by by the wider um, community. Um, you know, for them, it's or somebody in their family associated, you know, with that term, you know, they think it's something that is something wrong, you know, think they feel that there's something wrong with them and they need to, you know, um, need to go and get help. It's sometimes seen as a negative thing, you know, that surely you should be able to, um, things happen, you should be able to, to be on top of it, you know? And um, also things like, um, even like postnatal depression and all these things, for um, some of these communities, they didn't understand what postnatal was, postnatal depression was, and if a woman was going through it, they just couldn't, you know, they couldn't make out, you know, they just felt like, well, surely she should snap out of it now, or, you know, is she, you know, and there's added things, you know, and again, if it was um, living within a family system a lot, for, for all many women that are living in like an extended family system or with their in-laws, for example, there'd be added stress then for those women that are going through postnatal because you know your your partner doesn't understand it and then the, the in-laws don't understand, that your parents don't understand, you know. So it was to talk about different forms of um, you know, mental health, you know, where it can you know, you can have sort of mental health that sort of affects you day to day, then it could be a bit more that you're going through something in your life. It could be after childbirth, it could be various stages or you've dealt with you've been through some sort of trauma or you've faced loss and um that that and then that's affected your mental health for example so it's really talking to the women about um different times that they would they that would affect their mental health and it's okay you know it's okay and the help is is there um and it could be confidential it could be you know, it, your story doesn't have to go out to places that you don't want to, as long as 
they're talking to somebody about it, um, someone they trust, um, and just generally with the wider community, just to just for them to to, to to make them understand that it's okay to come together and talk in this way in an open way. And so we just try to slowly, slowly change sort of the mindset around mental health. Um, I think I think with the, with some of the communities, like I said, the language, um, some of it could be quite hurt. You know, it'll be quite hurtful if you know say for example somebody in your family is going through mental health and others were to find out um it is that you know there would be like hurtful words by others you know that, that the family would feel like you know they, they think i'm crazy or they think i should have be on top of it i should be i should know how to you know almost like going into depression or feeling sad and that's not the way to go you should be on top of things you should be in you know surely you should be okay and i think um some yeah that could be just as difficult so it's like even if you're going through it through it yourself you would keep your feelings away then from others whereas you know you you'd ideally it would be the the wider you know your, your family and your wider community supporting you um but instead you've got your sort of dealing with your mental health and then you've got you know the family and their um sort of judgmental um, views to deal with as well and that doesn't help um, and I think with within every community, there'll be a different thing, different slant, different spin on it when it comes to mental health. So I just wanted to add that. It seems like then it's quite a solitary experience to have a mental health problem if, you know, that's the expectation almost that you carry it within you and you don't burden yeah. other people with it because of the years yeah. you might have. Yeah, and I thought some maybe with some of the early communities, and early they might not fully understand it, um, but I think things have changed over time and there's a lot more chat going on. And I think those, and, and if you've got like sort of new communities coming, settling in Scotland, for example, they might bring those views in here, but it's then about then sort of opening up discussions with, with them. Um, it's because how they were raised, what they were raised with when it came to mental health. So it's so there's still work, a lot of work to get done, but I think things are changing as well. There's more opportunities available um, um, to, to talk about mental health, to get a better understanding, um, better support, you know, um, for the, the various groups within Glasgow. So I think it is, it is getting better, but it's still a slow, you know, a lot more to get done. Yeah, it's nice to hear that there's there's improvements being made, and it is yeah. one of those things where it's just like slowly over time you see, uh -huh. you see it as as you do more kind of projects like what you've been doing with the, the Women's Library. Um, I was going to ask you a little bit about um, funding. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a, you know, a bit of a point of contention sometimes within the third sector um, and a, a, a tricky subject. Um, but what about the Women's Library? How are, how are you funded there? So we've got funding from various uh, places. So we've got Scottish, uh, Scottish Executive, Glasgow City Council, um, her sort of main funders, and then a lot of the other funding then comes from trusts and foundations, and um, it's an ongoing process, just looking for funding. Um, at times when I first started my job, we had like my post, but also had, I think it was like a £10,000 budget a year to, you know, do my work, you know, and um, get arts material or whatever else we needed or sessional staff. Which was great, um, but that sort of all diminished, diminished um, over the years, and I've lived with nothing now. You know, so what happens is if I need to do a project now, um, I'll seek for funding. The project workers will seek for funding um, themselves. We do have um, one of our managers that actively works on the funding application. So if it's a big, if it's a major project, she will be looking at. You know, we do we come together in our strategy meetings to look at what's. Um, what, what's needed what to take the work forward and um, so a couple of staff members come together to actively seek funding for that particular project um, and but with the rest of it if I come up with an idea for example I would love to work with this group and this year we're going to focus on honor based violence and or whatever else it might be um, we I'll sort of go away and seek you know look for funding and apply for the funding so a lot of the staff members we, we, we're doing that sort of um, individually ourselves and it's all it's always a you know it's always a battle and a lot of competition when it comes to funding um, but i think generally women's library we've been okay i think we've got very good credible projects i think we're kind of well liked by the funders 
um, and usually we do get what we're, what we're looking for. It's only when it's you know a huge competition and there's cutbacks in the council that we will get affected in some way. Um, but it's, it's it's a continuous battle, and we've moved as well at the women's library. We've now got our permanent loca um, location now. Hopefully, we're not going to be moving anytime soon. Um, and it's building work and capital, a lot of things that we had to be, you know, uh, other um, funding um, that we had to approach for that as well. Um, but the day-to-day -day work and the project work, you know, it will be just down to the staff, you know, staff members. And what year did you start working at the Women's Library? I was there in fact, I was there in 2007. I started in the, you know, 2007, late, late 2007. Mm -hmm. It's a long time to be at one kind of charity. You must really enjoy it. Yeah, I think I really enjoy it. I think I, don't, if, I, think if I wasn't working for the Women's Library, I would be volunteering or something. Um, I think when I first applied for the job, it looked, it looked great and I thought, this looks fab but I don't I think once uh, I, I secured the post and uh, once I was in I think it was about a couple of weeks in that I thought this is you know really got it I really got the the type of things that I'd be doing and um and I think that was it I just thought and it's a great place to work in it's got um a good structure uh, the staff are well supported it's the third sector organization we come with all you know the usual ups and downs in terms of like the security of job it's you know sometimes it's you know every three years our um, um our funding is then we've got to reapply um, and report back and and for other projects other staff members it's year on year it's currently mine is year on year so it's still we're still there but um i think a lot of us um are there because um we just love the work we kind of we've got the same values you know as the organization and what we stand for and we and hence, I think um, some of us are still stuck there um, in a good way. We're still there. Um, others have moved on, but again, it was, you know, they, they went on to other things that they wanted to move on to, but I think it was an easy choice for them. <laughs> so um, we've got great managers, we've got a great board. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's well supported, it's got a good structure. Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, do you have any like favourite memories of specifically, I guess, more the projects, the arts or creative projects yeah. that you'd like to share? Um, I love the life book. So that's something that I kind of I put together. I don't think there's anything else going on around Glasgow when it came to life books. So the idea was to use scrapbooking techniques with the, the, the groups um, to create their, their life book. And I had this template where it sort of talks about, you know, starts off again with what's your name, what does it mean? And they can write it and decorate their page. And it kept, get, goes sort of, sort of carries on to like childhood memories and aspirations and, you know, yuck. so it's definitely, they've, I've kind of had a template that women had a choice to use. Um, there might be some aspects of the life, for example, they didn't want to focus on. So I was fine, they could scrap that page, you know, if they didn't, if some you know if the childhood wasn't great for example I didn't want to so the, the option was there um so but also they had sometimes the women came to the workshop they're like what do I write about but you know that time point was there just to sort of guide them if needed and it was such a lovely project so women would bring in um some women like felt oh gosh I don't know how to write you know or I'm not really great at writing or I can't write in English and I say well it's your it's your book so you can write it's up to you what language you want to write in um, you can have bits of English a bit of whatever it you know Arabic or whatever else I can help you with the English if needed you know so it kind of it kind of made it very sort of accessible and relevant to the women and they would bring in their pictures some of them brought in their certificates and um, we would scan and you know and we won't use originals but you know we would um their the, the pieces of work that they wanted to include in the scrapbook that, that was included and the decorating and scrapbook it was a lovely thing to do and then at the end those pages came together and we had a book binding machine at the library, which sort of all bound together nicely. Um, and I found that project quite moving because it's something that I kind of developed from uh, scratch and um, and I kind of ran it with a number of groups um, all over Glasgow. And we, uh, the, the the work that took place within, uh, within the, 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 the workshops, the women, again, when they were, you know, writing their story or little, you know, bits of their story and then they were sharing it with others you know it was lovely like for some of the groups because even if they had known them they didn't know different parts and um, sides of their lives you know, you know aspects of their life and they were able to share their childhood memories and um, 
their sort of journey over to Scotland, how they fell and you know on arrival. So a lot of lovely chats. So every week when they were coming, if they were, they were on the same pages, they would like lots of wonderful conversations would take place, and they were looking up at one at one another to, um, for example, to get some um, uh, guidance on how to decorate their page or how to lay it out. Um, and so yeah, I found that one. Yeah, I found that one. When I look back at my projects, I love um, how that all came together. Um, and the, temp the, 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 the workshop, the, the, the template, everything's also there. So I kind of ran it for a while um, and I thought that then Alec kind of um, had a, a break from it, but I'd love to get back to that as well um, again. It's nice, I guess, for participants to have like a, you know, something to take away that sort of... Um... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was lovely. It was just, they, they just felt so... It's also like the, of, of, their mini book, you know, and they went home and they, you know, they shared it with their family and they're like, did you make this mum or Karen, did you make this? And um, and it was a nice sharing experience with their family as well. Because I don't think the women felt they didn't feel that they're, they didn't get they didn't really tell their story. You know, they weren't, didn't have an opportunity to talk to their own family, the daughters or the granddaughters about their life experience. And that was nice. So when they went home and I think the, the session that followed when it was a feedback, the women did, you know, they shared the that it was a, a moving experience for them when sharing their life book with their family you know so that was yeah that was great and what about that impact that you're talking about how I guess like from an evaluation standpoint like how did yeah. how were you able to measure that when you were doing those projects yeah so when we a lot of you know there's a number of questions that we saw that we did sort of focus on mental health and I think women felt that uh, so some of the we did some uh, evaluation around like the questions some of them were like um, how they felt before they started the project in terms of their life and um, their contribution, but and they said that you know they, they felt you know they, they didn't have that kind of focus. They, 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 some of them thought there wasn't much to their lives, for example, and they, they had aspirations when they were younger, but they were able to, weren't able to follow through because of things that had happened in terms of either, either um, what was happening in their life then, or if they were migrants moving over, a lot of sacrifices they had to make. So a lot of their aspirations were put on on, on halt. But they felt that they were able to go back and explore what those were, and and all, almost incite this um, again for them that they, they're still able to to do this. What sort of impact did the projects that you were doing um, with these different groups of women have on them? Yeah, I think they felt um, they felt empowered. They felt they were able to explore aspects of their life. Uh, and issues that were affecting them and uh, like I said like in a safe space that we were providing uh, they, they felt they were able to get their points across their uh, what they were thinking what they felt um, through through the sessions um, some of them were like complex issues they might be talking about so if, for example you know if, if ed, you know education or work was something that was you know an issue for them or bothering them or they, faced, they felt it was a barrier for them to feel empowered they kind of spoke about you know they were able to sort of like say for example through the life books they were a uh, projects they were um sessions where we sort of spoke about uh, working uh, skills and aspirations and so in that you know they were able to share with the group um if they felt about what they uh, what what they wanted to do in their life and things, some of the things that they managed to achieve and other things that they, they, they didn't. And it was just in the back burner. And then it sort of the conversation went on about like, how can we then bring that back? Because do you just do away with the aspirations? Is that something that that was there when you were younger? And is this, you know, and, and do, what do you do with it? And it was, you know, and the chats then kind of followed on about, you know, like, you know, you, you can still work towards those aspirations, you know, your goals. And how that can happen now or how you can adjust maybe some of the things that you were thinking previously and you know maybe it could be done a different way now so I think that was something that the women felt they were able to do maybe take that next step in their life in, in terms of progress um, and uh, you know and, 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 and also through the process this process they just felt empowered in order to do that um, so I think that was a good thing for them um, many of them, like you know, they just thought it was like something that they were sort of reminiscing and going back 
and thinking about like for example what would you know this is what I wished I was always into creative writing I was really good at it when I was younger um but it, maybe it was just something as a sideline maybe it's just something as a hobby but I would have maybe liked to have you know had a chance to write more or have something published in a book that kind of idea and then it's about like how could we like, well, that's great and you know then they shared obviously some of the work that they had done so the following session they would bring you know some of the written work you know a, a lot of hesitation they weren't sure and when they shared it they got a great response then it was about you know um what how, how would that then come about you know if we were to go back and you know if you were to start now and looking at creative writing and possible places that she, you can where she can start you know she, she's able to start so I think that was can enable them to take that step and look explore it in different ways but also listen to other sto stories of other women and um, maybe what they were thinking or some were slightly they may have taken that step and they were listening to their story of you know um, how they did it so I think that was a quite a nice way for them um, to feel a sense of um, a sense of empowerment and a, you know a sense of um, that they, they, they are able to do this and the support is there so that that was that was that but I kind of felt that through the workshops over over the sessions that was how that was happening whether that was through life books or whether for example there was the one that we did through um, working with women on domestic abuse stories and drama and script writing so again you know for the women it was they felt really strongly about some of the issues that they were facing or hearing in the local community uh, on, on violence against women. So with those stories, they you know they were part of the scripting and the storybook. You know, so it was very much about from their perspective, um, the story that they wanted to put across, and then working with the team, working with us to, um, you know, to 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 create a script and then to um, get it on stage. So they're very much part of the process, and then. Um, and you know we were you know they, they sort of they were part of also uh, performing as well um, learning about stage work for example so they felt that they were from there from the beginning right to the end and and they were the ones on stage and they were telling the story so I think hey, you know it had a huge impact on their mental health um, they, it was a very positive experience for them and um, they felt um, for the first time that they were they were being they were they were heard uh, and understood um, so yeah yeah I'm wondering a bit about um, how that how working on these projects has impacted you like personally um, yeah I, I've seen women grow which is great I mean obviously like being part of them it's helped me grow you know it's open um, open my eyes to um, things as well and I think just seeing the women progress and it, and also like being a development worker coming up with like my job is to kind of look at the need in the community, the need of these groups and then coming up with something that I think will work and um, based on the experience and then to see that um, happen, to see that kind of, you know, come together and delivered and um and then the, you know watching the women grow, and then the about the evaluations at the end, you know, just see all that together. That just it really did. Um, um, it was a it was a great feeling. It's almost like that. That's what I wanted to achieve. That's one of our goals as as a women's library. You know, our you know the values. Um, you know, one of them is for you know is to empower women for them to be able to make informed choices about their lives and 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 it goes on. So I kind of felt that for me that was all oh, great. I've achieved this. You know, this this was great. Or um, some of the ideas that I came up with, like new new things or in collaboration, you know, at first you're thinking, let's see how that this this project goes, and you trial it out, and it's great, and then you sort of run with it. And I think then, you know, it, it, it was just a great feeling that it worked with one group, and then we were able to sort of deliver that with many others. So definitely, it was a, you know, it it was a, it was good for my mental health, you know, to see, um, to see to, to see this happen. And it gave me confidence then to develop more projects, you know, I had more ideas, more, even now, you know, when I'm working with um, groups now or, or, or organisations, there's so many ideas, you know, um, and it's because I've done it a number of times now over the years, this past 10 years, I, I feel much more confident. Um, so, yeah, it's been a great, it's been really, really good for me as a worker. I'm wondering if you have any 
pearls of wisdom or some things that you've learned through doing this kind of line of work that you might want to pass on to someone who's who's listening yeah I think with the working with the women's group I think you need to first um you need to go in and you need to connect with the women and you need to sort of gain that trust you know so it's based on trust and respect and getting to know um who the group is and what their their needs are and what they're seeing and then um and, and, and I know the women are on different stages, um, but it's about um, making sort of allowing the women to take the steps um, that they feel comfortable in, but like sort of taking them on that journey. So I think it's about knowing what the group's uh, the needs are, but then also as a development worker to be able to guide the women. So they might be reluctant, they might not have that confidence. They might not think, well, actually, do I want to do this thing? Um, how would that benefit me? But sometimes you're hearing these things, you're like, well, they might not get it just yet, um, but you've got that confidence in sort of taking them on that journey. And when they do, they're able to, because they've not, they might not have seen the, you know, the work, the kind of progress, the kind of the end result. But having gone through that, they'll see that. But you've got to have enough kind of trust in the process and um, and showing the confidence to the group that you're able to do this. And I think. Um, that was important um, and and ensuring that the the women are supported so you know if, if there is like for example a domestic abuse project you know I'm not a domestic abuse worker and um, so if the women needed signposting or a support or a hearing ear uh, someone to, you know to be support there and you know to make sure as a, as a as a worker that these things are in place you know and the women are not left hanging then you know you need to sort of make sure they're fine throughout the whole process until the end. And um, especially if you are working with really sensitive issues. And I think um, creating something, a doing, like a doing task, that's, that always works well. So having sort of working with the, the women to do something together, to make something, um, something tangible that at the end, that's a great thing for something that we can look at and see and think, yeah, wow, we've, we've, we've created this together. Um, and I think a follow-up um, and then follow-up, yeah, so just to ensure that how they felt throughout the process, um, how, um, you know, the kind of what worked for them, what didn't, and and then sort of the, the, the next steps for them you know so it's almost like when I'm working with the with the groups it's like right you've done you've done this now it's, you've, you've had it's been great great achievements where do you see yourself going next you know and it's almost like having something else for them to go on to and it might not be necessarily with the women's library they might be like you know all right okay because I'll work in a lot of collaboration with a lot of groups and organizations it'll be like about you know I'll sort of I'll inform them about other things that are going on and um, based on what their need is and it, for me it's about having like you know not just kind of leave them at the end but they've got something to go on to um so i think um yeah that's what i would say when when when, when i'm working with groups um connection um trust respect um and you know knowing knowing the need what the needs are person-centered kind of approach all the way through yeah and all those things sort of lead to yeah really nice outcomes and nice degrees yeah. and hopefully improved mental health um yeah 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 so at the end you know at the end so they have like they're happier they feel you know they're feeling great that that that's a great you know that for us that's that we've done we've done uh, we've done our job um I think I think with some of the pro, a lot of the project they became like the groups they became a family like like they almost became a family and the support and for example with the the one that I loved the most was the one that we did the the the, the drama it was like women from all walks of life we had actors professional we had um, amateur actors we had local women we had women from different backgrounds we had somebody from the Glasgow's Library board involved it's volunteers you know it was just a whole range of women. And they all came together and, they, and it was great, you know, it just, it just all got on and, you know, it was a really good piece of integration work. And, um, but if hadn't we done that type of project, they might not have come together in this way. So in that, there's a lot of learning. So, you know, there's people then, so, you know, I was just sort of leading the, you know, the, the script writing storyboarding, but there's a lot of wonderful things that are happening. You know, I could see that was happening, you know, friendships being formed, 
um, the listening ear, you know, there'd be sometimes, you know, women coming in and she's not feeling great, she wanted to talk. But you could see them sort of looking together. They were there, you know, if they needed that one to one, I had domestic abuse project there, you know, a worker from there. So all kind of just worked out lovely. And they became a family then out with the project once we finished, once they performed, it was fabulous when they received the um, feedback from the audience. They were totally wild that this is something that they, they created and they got it out there and, and people understood and it was great reviews. And then, then thereafter, you know, they created, they kind of continued because this was a group that wasn't, they were all sort of coming from different places, but they formed like a WhatsApp group to continue um, the connection, you know, so so now that's there and I'm on it as well. So if anything to do with sort of domestic abuse kind of work or just uh, women empowerment that I feel that would be great for the group, you know, I'll just post it on, you know, that would be, um, that's something that's ongoing um, and they all just sort of, you know, um, they keep connected that way, you know. Um, it's brilliant so it's to hear. Great, it's great progress. It's brilliant to hear about that, that peer support and yeah. the performance that they did, the drama performance, where was yeah. that? So we had various performances. Um, so we first performed at the Kelvin Grove um, Museum and Art Gallery. And then the next time we performed was the Tramway Theatre, which is great. So they were in a proper theatre this time, working with the, you know, backstage, the staff, the sound engineer, you know, all that, the kind of the proper kind of, we had the proper kit and the staff there, which was great for them. And then the next time we performed was, we went with one story then, we had four stories we were performing, but because um, there's things changing in the violence against women, um, the work team, we, the focus was becoming coercive control and relationships. So we kind of focused on one of the stories and then we performed at the um, Pierce Institute in Govan. And um, I think we performed that twice, I believe. And then it kind of went on to um, making a film, a short film on coercive control. And some of the women uh, were involved in the film as well. So it was like a, you know, and um, from, you know, scripts, so stage work, scripting and all the rest, and some of them went on. So for, for example, Iman, she was like an amateur actor and she did stage work and all the rest, and she went on to film and she was the main character of the film. And um, and some of the other women got involved as well, which is great. And we had a professional um, um, film company we worked with. And the, the, the film was, um, we made the film and it was showcased last, well, 2019. I, I keep forgetting about 2020 because I just think, where's that year going? But 2019 and uh, at the end of 2019, uh, during um, 16 Days of Action Violence Against Women, the film was screened in Cineworld. Um, and um, last year we were meant to create a toolkit, which is almost done now. We weren't able to run with it because of, of the pandemic, but this year we're going to, We've, create, we've put together this toolkit, working with women again, and um, and this is going to be like, we're going to use this film as a training tool now. So, um, it, and that will be out. I think we're going to now um, have the launch for the toolkit in March. So the women have been part of, like from the, what we did initially a number of years ago, like four years ago with the drama, to create a film now, which is going to be used as a training tool with Police Scotland and, uh, and many others. So that's a great thing, a great achievement for them. You know, and you know, their names are at the bottom. You know, at the end in the credits of the film, you can see the names of the women. You know, of you know that that were involved. So it's a great achievement for them. And um, again, we took obviously we, we they, they filled out evaluation forms as well. The women, and I think yeah, I think for um, most of them, all of them, it was um, something that they would never had thought they would would do in this way. And it really built their skills. For example, with like film work then and going from script writing for stage to script writing for um, film, that kind of thing, you know, so, um, but that was good. So that, that was, it. I guess, so that was a sort of more recent project that I did. Yeah. We want to make more films. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> that progression's really unique, I think, to hear that it went yeah. from one thing to another to another. Quite often these, the creative projects tend to just be, you know, for a set amount of weeks and there's nothing kind of added on onto it. Yeah, yeah. And it was, and I think when we did the play, we had this, the making thing, so it was a talking part, uh, storyboarding, but that aside, we had made props. So we had, okay. Um, we had like a number of props. I think we had up to like two, nearly 200 props that we made with three artists, like little things and big things. And that was the doing. So we were talking about like for the women, like this is what we want to portray on stage. You know, that the, you know, the, the women you know, in the story, she's feeling, um, restricted and 
uh, how would you then, what kind of props would you, you use? And they came up with wonderful stuff and the artist says, right, okay. And then, and, you know, they worked with what, what, what materials they can use and what would work. And then they made these props, you know, and that was very effective because it was really allowing them to sort of put themselves in the shoes of the women in the story, you know, and seeing about how would, or some of them were going through that, they had gone through that. And they were like, this is how it made me feel. And we were able to then create props and, to, you know, in line with the story. Um, so that was a huge part of the uh, the project. And when we were making it, the, the kind of the, the, the chat and the stories and the laughs or the moments where they were, you know, sad or they were sharing, all that was happening when we were creating these, you know, uh, you know, the doing kind of activities, which was great. So I think with, with the projects, that's what I try and do is like, you know, we want them to be, you know, be comfortable when they're, you know, and, and comfortable in sharing um, and, you know, in creating something, you know, something that they can then see, right, ah, right, this is what the end result. And um, so, yeah. Yeah, so that sounds, lo sounds lovely. Um, I would, I'd like to know a little bit more about the audience and the sort of people that that would come along yeah so we put when we advertised it it was um it was entirely anybody could have come along it was sort of open to all but we did um invite um targeted sort of various organizations so to come along to watch this and uh, people from the the local community um nhs police scotland and uh, local community groups um we also wanted um, because this is obviously stories, domestic abuse sort of affecting uh, one in four women. It was from the women's perspective. And so we wanted men to come along as well, <laughs> to watch this as well. Um, so we kind of put a call out to, to all. And we we just, uh, through our marketing, we put it out to various social media groups, um, you know, uh, you know, health kind of services and and, and, and others so they can come along and sort of see it uh, to, to watch this basically mm -hmm. um, and it was just for us to raise awareness of what's happening in the local community and how it, you know how it affected uh, the women um, in terms of you know what they were, what they were going through what, what what was happening in those in these particular stories so um, so obviously there were some stories that were you know, for us was you know, domestic abuse is a universal issue, but um, so that was coming through. But at the same time, there were some aspect, aspects of culture and tradition at times where it added further barriers for the women in terms of getting support uh, or, or or some things added to the abuse. There's There was a lot of complex issues um, that came up with some of the stories, but I think within the stories, then we were able to sort of showcase that um, what some of these barriers are. Um, so so the audience, so it was all sort of put out to all and then we, we did have a good um, number that came along, uh, but usually we find with these things, it's, it's sort of more women that come along. <laughs> so, so um, and, and that's what it was. We had organizations and we had sort of a lot, lot of the sort of local women's groups and um, domestic abuse kind of organizations and projects that came along. Um, on the day. And what were some of the reactions from people then who've been not just to, to this play but I guess other like audience members or family members what's been the sort of reaction to the to this work? Um, so those that sort of the loved ones that came along if it was the you know the women that were on stage and their work uh, you know their family came along I think they were really um, the, you know they were they were they were really impressed with the, the work that was that took place and see their loved ones on stage, for example, and see the, the progress they've made. And there was, you know, some, let's say some of the women, they had their children there, they're sort of young adults, and um, they felt they were, they were really, um, um, yeah, they're really sort of wowed by the the, the work that their, you know, their mum had done um, and they had achieved. So that was a lovely thing. Um, and I think the general sort of community, um, Again, I think they they really enjoyed the this type you know the collaboration you know so they you know when we had sort of in it, you know in the beginning when we had introduced that this is a collaboration between you know professional actors local women and, and they liked the fact that, that that how that all came together but with the stories itself I think they were really moved you know 
with um, what the stories that were being told. Um, you know, many of them felt that they can they can see themselves. You know, this is what was coming up in the evaluations that they could really see themselves uh, in some of the stories, especially when it came to the first of control. I think when it came to physical abuse, they were all sort of a bit more aware and understood it. But coercive control, that was something that we got a lot of um, feedback from because it was the hidden abuse that's not seen. And I think many of them said that, oh, you know, I, I, you know, I was I was going through this, or you know, I had a loved one that was going through this, but they could never make sense of it. So things like gaslighting and all these sort of new terms, and they kind of understood it better when it was sort of um, um, played on stage. Um, so we got, you, you know, and um, so that was good. I think we've got like quite a good um, mixed kind of, uh, you know, uh, reviews and feedback. In, and the props, for example, for this particular project, you know, they loved the way it was showcased. So the stories, the sound bites, the, the words, <clears throat> and then the, the performance itself and the, the effect, effectiveness of the props. I think they said that kind of all merged together well. So overall, that's the kind of feedback we were, we were, we were getting. Um, and I think it kind of went on to like what needs to be done as well, you know, kind of questions about, you know, how we could, how could we support the, the, the women better, what needs to happen, what, you know, sort of just, you know, sort of things, that, that was all part of the evaluation that came, like we had a number of questions we asked. Um, and one of the things was like, when we had the, the play on stage, was it good to have it um, performed um, and, and you know more performances like this, but then also like you know to make a film, you know it just means that it can be it can reach wider, um, and and so so that's the kind of feedback that we had taken. And thinking about I guess into the future, happen differently with regards to to mental health and in the arts or just you know well being in the arts. I think. Um, it's great work taking place um, with mental health and the creative arts. And I think with these things, there's always funds that, you know, you know, funding's always an issue, you know, and I just, uh, I, I, for me, I think it's, it'll be great if you can get more, um, you know, support there with, um, you know, with funding to help uh, organisations that, like the Women's Library and others that are able to do this type of work to sort of do more of it. Um, and I think um, better opportunities to collaborate and learn from one another, that'd be great, you know, because I've, I've worked with a number of organisations, but there's so many more I'd, I'd, I'd love to work with. But sort of having those opportunities there. Um, I know we've had the Scottish Mental Health um, and Arts Film Festival. And, you know, so that's a great way sort of to come together, you know, once once a year and do, uh, do, do various things. But I think... Uh, yeah, I think with um, the the funds is always like with these things. If you say, for example, if I want to do a project now, you know, and the ideas, we've got the ideas, but you know, we've got artists that are involved, we've got materials to buy, and if we've not got the sufficient funds, then it's always like, oh right, you know, we're, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of obstacle obstacles there. Um, there's always obviously there's ways that we try and find doing these type of projects with limited funding, you know, so we can still continue this this work. But there's some that you know I just feel that they need you know um, they they definitely need that from like you know Glasgow City Council or Scottish government you know that sort of a lot more um, money needs to go into into this type of work and especially what's happened with the pandemic as well and the mental health like people are sort of beginning to understand understand it better um, there's more chats about it more um, you know the, the need um, to come together and explore this further and provide the relevant support. So I think, um, yeah, I think if we can get more support and funding there, that would be great. And is there anything else that you'd like to say or add or anything you feel like we haven't covered in our chat so far before we close? Um, let's see what, just, um, I think this type of work is, it's very important. Uh, you know, for me, it's, you know, mental health affects all of us. Um, and in different stages of our life, you know, you know, it's it has more impact on us. So I think we really, we really need to sort of um, grasp it, you know. And obviously, we've we've got lots of vulnerable groups in in here in Scotland, and we just we need to give sort of um, provide avenues for people 
to feel uh, to feel better um, to allow, uh, and to allow um, platforms for people to be able to um, communicate and uh, allow them to express themselves. Um, you know, be able to sort of un unravel complicated issues. You know, through these projects. Um, so I think this is this type of work is really important, um, and and I think with the with the third se sector especially, you know, I know with the NHS there's there's so much going on, and it's all sort of medical um, kind of route that's taken a lot of the times. But I think with this type of group work, I think um, we need to you know offer um, as much kind of opportunities for groups to be able to. Um, do projects that also help them their, their mental health and progress. Um, so that's the last thing I would say, I think that makes sense. <laughs> it does, thanks very much Simon, <laughs> appreciate that.